This is the Girly Men Podcast. My name is Mike Gurley, and I'm the host and founder of GurlyMen.com, a community of gay men and anyone self-identified as the other, designed to help you own your personal dignity, strengthen your connection to your chosen families, and thrive in general society. Today's conversation with Joel is the podcast's first deep dive into the connection between our sexual behavior and our spirituality. Joel helps us try on the ancient Tantra concept that everything about our experience on earth is spiritual, including our sexual energy. Prior to the pandemic, I visited Joel's gorgeous studio in Seattle, Washington, where I learned to celebrate, cultivate, and conserve my own lower chakra energy. The experience was an embodiment of transforming crotch-centered connections into heart-centered community. Enjoy the show. The moment you realized you were a gay man, you were forced onto the path of the other. So you know oppression, inside and out. The calling of otherness has led you on your own hero's journey. And that journey has prepared you for greatness. You are a man answering the call to brotherhood, to conscious sex, and to heart-centered connection. Welcome home, brother. Welcome to Girly Men Podcast, Joel. Thank you, Michael. It is great to see you. I wish uh, we were in person. Um, I've had, you know, the pleasure of being in your studio and in your workshops uh, a couple of times. And the trip from LA to Seattle was totally worth it, mostly because of you. Also, Seattle is just stunning. I like to start every uh, asking each guest, you know, how they're feeling, because I believe understanding our state of being helps us get what we want. So how how are you feeling? I'm feeling I'm a little bit nervous just because I've never mm. I've never done a podcast before. So um, just uh, putting that out there that I'm a little bit I'm a little bit nervous. That's um, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I otherwise I, I I feel good. I slept good last night. Got my practice in this morning, so I'm I'm good. That's great. Uh, what, what's your morning practice? I chant. I yeah. chant each morning. Yeah. So that's. I go through about, it's usually about half hour, 45 minutes um, each morning of, of chanting. That's fantastic. So can you give us kind of like an arc on how you got into yoga and then how you got into the uh, men's work that you do in yoga and the tantra and, and, and all of that? Just basically kind of get us, get us oriented on the map of like who Joel Benjamin is. And then we're going to dive sure. deeper. Okay. I've always been in the, uh, the fitness industry. When I was in high school <laughs> in the 80s, I taught aerobics classes and then um, became a personal trainer uh, when I was living in Manhattan and managed a health club when I first moved to Seattle. Um, didn't really do any yoga up to that point, though. I was more you know, into the weightlifting and and you know, things that everybody, every, you know, gay man did in the 80s and 90s. And then George Bush became president. And <laughs> looking back on that. Now, <laughs> I know. Like, That's why I I'm laughing. George Bush to be president right now. <laughs> yeah. But if you put yourself back to when George Bush became president, it was pretty traumatic, you know, mm -hmm. um, just in that he just seemed, he just did not seem equipped to be president. And um, there was all of the questions about how he became president. Um, and it really was something that was keeping me up at night. And uh, I was having a hard time accepting. So I wandered into my first yoga class, basically. And I was struck by several things. The first thing that that really hooked me um, was just the sense of community you know, I had never been to the class before and I felt so welcomed and just so just, you know, it was such a comfortable place to be, even though I had never been there before. And then the more I kept showing up, the more I started to realize that, you know, I, I could cope with George Bush being president. So I literally, I credit George Bush for, you know, getting me into my first yoga class because weightlifting just wasn't cutting it for me. It wasn't getting rid of the angst, basically. Yeah. Yoga, yoga, yoga got me there. 
So you got into yoga. So when did you open the actual Smith? And I, I just flat out admitted, I'm so jealous of your space. Um, mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. It's exactly it, everything from the, the way it looks. You're, you're in it right now, right? Yeah. 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 And when, when I said yes to taking the space, you know, there needed to be a build out. I didn't have any money saved for that. So I just kind of put the word out to the yogis who'd been practicing with me over the years. And I, you know, I found out I had like three carpenters practicing with me and a couple of electricians practicing with me that I didn't know that that's what they did for a living. And for about three weeks, uh, I'd show up at this space every morning. There'd be like five people waiting outside saying, what are we doing today? Wow. So, Literally, the yogis who had been practicing with me in my old space called Yoga Shack basically created their practice space, Yoga Smith, the yogis who, who built it, basically. And I think that's one of the main reasons why it does feel special when you come into the space is because it literally was built by the yogis who practice here. Wow, that's so a story. Lot of, yeah. lot of love. That is really inspiring. Uh, to talk about that, that love and that in, interdependence with other people. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That and the fact that <laughs> the building that the Smith is in, it's just, you know, it's the two-story brownstone and it's, it was built in the 1880s. And downstairs has always been a saloon. <laughs> so the story is that this space upstairs from the saloon used to be the brothel. Oh, wow. So I think that I think that's one of the reasons why it feels good up here as well, because there's a lot of, a lot of good times. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's get into yeah. yeah, that that makes me want to think about, you know, you offer a lot of traditional practice, but you know, this podcast is for gay men. And maybe can we just jump into that? Let's start talking about, mm -hmm. you know, Tantra and these, you call them uh, your bodywork classes and mm -hmm. what what are these different what are the different offerings first of all that you have well i've been a I, I am a licensed massage therapist and i've been one for um about 25 years you know when i started teaching yoga what i what i found and probably what most people find as you get older is that each thing that you do in life i think you know if you really if you if you take the time and look back becomes a stepping stone for the next thing that you do Sometimes it's an obvious link and sometimes, you know, the connections are not as obvious. But I was a massage therapist, you know, in addition to teaching yoga. And when I first opened Yoga Smith, I was looking for ways to generate revenue. And a woman had approached me because she wanted, she was teaching couples massage workshops. It was mostly straight couples who would show up. Every now and then there was a gay couple who would show up, but it was mostly straight couples. And it kind of planted the seed in my head about, wow, you know, why not offer this to gay men, you know, as a way to learn how to, you know, how to give and how to receive a massage. So I kind of thought about it for several years. And then probably like three years ago, I made the investment, bought, you know, 10 massage tables for the studio and started, you know, offering the bodywork uh, workshops. And it's kind of a tiered thing. Everyone has to take the intro workshop first. Um, and that's where you basically learn the basics, you know, how to give a massage and how to receive a massage. And then from there, that opens the door so that you can participate in the other the other bodywork events that I that I host. Uh, one mm -hmm. is the bodywork exchange, where basically it's set up pretty much like the intro workshop, except it's a little more I like to just call it lightly guided as opposed to the intro workshop, which is me talking through the whole thing. So it's you know the tables are all set up. Half the group lies down on the tables. They're the receivers for the first half of the event. And then everybody, you know, swaps places um, once, you know, everybody has received a full body massage. And then the other event that I host is called, I call it Tantra Edge. And that one doesn't involve massage tables. That one is, we start off with about a half hour of uh, jockstrap yoga, you know, guys. Which I love. I think that look is so sexy. I think it's sexier than, than naked yoga. I think that leaving a little bit to the imagination. I think, I think it is, is too. Sexy. Yeah, and what's 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 not sexy about a room full of you know dudes in 
and jaw. Yeah. And I uh, like that- teaching naked yoga uh, and it's great. But I mean, the very, I've always had the same experience from my very, very first yoga class that was naked, which is this doesn't feel strange at all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it feels, it feels totally natural. It's yeah. totally, totally natural. Yeah. And what I've found also is, um, is that, you know, guys need support when they exercise. Like I'll practice naked sometimes by myself because I'm going at my own speed. So if things need adjusting, you know, I can take the time to adjust. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in a class, not everybody is as good at listening to their own body and going at their own pace. So I found that, you know, you have everybody wear jocks and then you know that, okay, everybody is going to be safe while they're <laughs> practicing. Yeah. Um, so, so we start off with, with um, jockstrap yoga and just to kind of warm up and to kind of, you know, start to feel sexy and just to get the vibe going. Um, and then we transition to um, partner work, partner energy work, and that's all guided. And then we form a circle of chairs and half the group sits down in the chairs and they're blindfolded. And then the other half of the group, basically you, you know, you and the guys in the chairs don't know who their partner is. And it's basically the whole rest of the, of the event is Tantra edging. Okay. And they're the, it's, it's not, it's not jacking. You know, it's like, you see how, how edging is, is, um, you know, put out there like on Twitter and stuff. And usually it's just like, you know, this frantic jacking. And then when the dude starts to get close, it's hands off, you know, yeah. until things settle down. My boyfriend, who's uh, 17 years younger than me, uh, is constantly telling me about things uh, that, that, that people don't understand who are younger. So just edging at all is that people might not know what that is. And that's, you uh-huh. know, I mean, the way I know, you know, it's, it's basically you're stroking, um, you can do it with yourself or with somebody else, but it's like working on yourself, stroking your own dick until, you know, you're close to coming and then just not coming. I mean, exactly. that's basically the, 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 the generic version of, of edging, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Getting really, really close to the orgasm and then not having an orgasm. And, right. um, right. Apparently, we know a lot more than we think we know, Joel. So sometimes we need to break <laughs> it down. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, you can, you can approach it from that perspective. The, the whole, you know, not coming thing to me, that's a negative. Then you're focusing on not doing something mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to focusing on cultivating that energy. To me, that's what edging, that's the purpose of edging is to cultivate that energy, you know, because otherwise, you know, you're stroking your cock or someone else is stroking your cock. You get, to the point of ejaculation, you go over and then you need a nap basically because all that vibe that you just worked up, you just released as opposed to with tantric edging. It's about cultivating that vibe. It's about finding those, those plateaus. So it's not just a steady climb and then over the edge. And it's also about not breaking contact. You know, there's none of this, basically, because mm. there's a whole series. I call it the deep stroke sequence, basically, where it's it's a whole series of very creative cock strokes that you cycle through. You know, you cycle through them. I mean, you remember them from yeah. the workshop. You cycle through them. And basically what that does is it keeps your nervous system guessing because your nervous system knows where this is going. Because yeah. we've all been doing this since, you know, since we discovered what doing this does, you know, so that pathway has been worn, you know, very, very smooth. And it's, you know, it's smooth sailing down that, down that, down that path. But by constantly changing it up and I mean, you know, in the workshops, I'm like a drill sergeant every five or 10 seconds. I'm like, change up the stroke, guys, change up the stroke. It, it allows you to not break contact. Okay, because the person who's receiving basically is kept at this really nice heightened plateau as opposed to it just building, 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 building. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I would just like to speak to that. I it speaks exactly what 
uh, I'm trying to do with the Girly Men podcast is is take us from uh, to to I believe in crotch centered connection. I believe that we can get mm-hmm. someplace from hookups and from like sex is really really positive. But when we just um, leave it at sex and we're missing this whole other realm, like all the chakras, basically, we're not moving yeah. that energy up into our bodies. And then, then we're not able to have such a heart centered connection. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I that was what was cool about doing um, that one workshop I did uh, with you was I felt that. I felt it moving up. I felt it mm-hmm. like, you know, in my gut, in my chest. I even felt it, you know, like all the way up and out. And just, I was able to sh- have that more intimate energy with these guys. And I mm-hmm. left like buzzing with that energy. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it, that, and we're that's all incredible. Of that. Yeah, we're all capable of that. It's just, it's just that, you know, most of us have not been introduced to that capability that, you know, inherently is part of, you know, who we are. Um, And yes, and, you know, drawing the energy up from our cock and our balls to our heart, you know, um, and, and it becomes a meditation when you start to internalize what's going on, as opposed to just focusing on the external. And that's the whole point of the blindfold during the Tantra edge is that the guys who are receiving you know, you, you don't know who's, who is, you know, working on you because you're going to have multiple partners working on you during the course of the event. So you take away the sense of sight and you can hear the person's breath. You can feel their touch. You can smell them, but we are very sight centric, you know, being, so you take away that sense and people go inward and then it really does become a meditation. It's the same thing with, you know, kind of a side effect of constantly changing up the strokes is you can jack and just put it into automatic pilot, you know, and your mind can be anywhere else. But by constantly changing up the stroke, you have to be present, you got to pay attention to what you're doing. And that's what meditation is all about. It's just being present, you know, in every new moment. So then can you, yeah, um, well then can you, yeah, then I I love this whole idea about the union of sex and spirit. That's, is that what you're Mm -hmm. talking about? Um, What do you, what do you mean by that? Like a union of sex and spirit? You know, some people would think that's impossible. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's because that's what, you know, we've been told for a very long time is that spirits over here and sex is over here. And there's this giant chasm between the two and the, you know, the, the two shall never meet. Right. Um, and like sex will even prevent spiritual connection. There's that kind of, because yeah. all the judgment and stuff like that. And so shame. so th- that's yeah. the reason I'm just like, yes, please tell us, please, please talk about this, how, <laughs> how sex and spirit actually come together somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's the, it's, it's the basis of Tantra. I mean, it's the thing that kind of turned me on about Tantra, you know, from the first time that I learned about Tantra. You know, there's two things that make that make Tantra uh, unique. Um, the first thing is that it's the oldest spiritual practice known to mankind, the oldest spiritual philosophy known to mankind. There may have been ones before Tantra, but it's, as far as the written, you know, history is concerned, Tantra is the is the oldest, and Tantra is the only spiritual philosophy that includes our sex life in our spiritual life. And people who've heard uh, you know, the word Tantra in the West, a lot of them think, oh, yeah, it's that, that's that like mystical, you know, sexual practice. And it is. But, you know, ancient yogis in caves didn't didn't think, well, let's come up with this, you know, mystical sexual practice. Basically, <laughs> the the foundation of Tantric philosophy is that all aspects of your life should be part of your spiritual practice. That's why sex is included. It's because all aspects of our life should be part of our spiritual practice and wow, I, part of our, our life. I really love that. And I think, uh, especially for gay men, um, we learn growing up that it's safer to compartmentalize our lives, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and really have 
I did it as a kid growing up. I, I, I knew I was gay uh, in my senior year in high school and I would sneak out and have uh, sex with my boyfriend and then wake up the next morning and put on a suit and go to church and be somebody completely else. And, and I enjoyed the spirituality of church. I enjoyed the sex. It never occurred mm-hmm. to me that, that I could bridge them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it, I mean, it's, it's becoming more and more, you know, that those teachings are becoming more and more accessible in our culture, but we still have a long way, you know, to go before, you know, there's that, there's that alternative that coexists with basically what we've all been taught. So, yeah, but it is becoming, you know, more and more accessible, you know, mm-hmm. for, for people for, and not just for gay people, for straight people, you know, as well, you know, straight people were exploring Tantra before even, you know, gay people were, I mean, as far as just, you know, you look, you go into, you know, the section of a bookstore that has, that has, you know, Tantric philosophy, the majority of it is geared towards straight people, you know, there's, there's uh-huh. a handful of books that are geared towards, you know, towards, towards gay men and gay women. Yeah. But I'd say that we are definitely leading the way, you know, or at least are catching up in putting it out there into the world at mm-hmm. this point. What do you think are some of the um, energetic, mental, societal, what are the breakdowns? What are, what are people that you've worked with, I mean, what do they have to get through to go from thinking sex is maybe even like dirty and out there, it's not mm-hmm. connected to me, it's it's bad, and then coming in and actually making that a a a spiritual process. Mm-hmm. You know, have you seen people evolve? Um, I would imagine you have people come in. Did you say you had one guy actually left a class once? I mean, which is which is fascinating to me because anybody, if you're interested in this, I was not surprised at anything. You are very, very clear yeah. about everything that's going to happen in there. But wh- why do you think a, a person would leave after knowing where, step by step what was going to happen? I don't think that, that he did know step by step what was what was going to happen just knowing after the fact where he was coming from coming into it it was what we were talking about before it was it was a compartmentalization and i think that there were aspects of what he knew what was going to go on that he was really intrigued by and then i think the aspects that scared him or that he wasn't ready for he just didn't think about but then you're confronted with it, you know, when you're mm-hmm. lying on the table, being worked on by, you know, several different partners and trying to find something to love about each person that you work on during the course of an event and that works on you during the course of yeah. an event, you know. And I think that can be a really challenging thing for, you know, for, for people is to really, you know, find something to love about you know, and not just the people who are, you know, you're connecting with during a workshop, but just in general, yeah. you know, even people who you disagree with, you know, profoundly, if you find something to love about them, then you can at least meet and talk and be kind to one another. So well, I, think, I, think it, I think that that, yeah. that contributed to, to that. But yeah. as far as just, you know, guys who've never experienced something like this and never experienced that that connection between you know sex and spirituality you know i'd say there's you know there's nothing there's nothing you know more grounding and more just tribal and more ancient feeling than a whole room full of men breathing together and you know sighing out on sound together and experiencing you know deep you know physical pleasure together you know to me, that's yeah. spiritual. And and I agree. And I think it's my, what I make up about that is that the, the, it, it takes a special kind of courage. It's not the courage to um, have sport sex, which I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of all kinds of sex, you know, <laughs> and it's a different courage than going to a, like a dungeon party or a sex party that, you know, all of those acts would happen much more intensely at an event like that, where I, mm-hmm. I think... Um, a lot of gay men are, um, we've gotten comfortable with that, but the whole idea of having connected yeah. sexual experience with another per- person, when you've actually looked them in the eyes and you're seeing their spirit, when you're mm-hmm. seeing the divine in them, 
and then encountering, you know, engaging in, in sexual behavior, that's, that's the big ask. That's, and, and I love it because I, I just, that, that's a special connection. That is a special, special connection, you know, and I would imagine that your regulars, I feel connected with those guys like I do in these heart circles I do with uh, men that, you know, in, in other disciplines. And I would imagine the same connection is happens with, with your guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, I think just the base of it all is willingness to be vulnerable. You know, you, you allow yourself to be vulnerable and it kind of opens you up to, to all of these just experiences and connections that otherwise you basically would have just been, you know, keeping it at arm's length. Yeah. And And I just want to jump in here. And I don't think, I mean, just to clarify, you're not talking about sexual vulnerability. No, no. Just, just being open to the experience, you know, and not letting your fear prevent you from experiencing the things in life that you're drawn to. Yeah. There's, there's a power in being vulnerable. And in fact, I would say that that's being vulnerable is, is one of the most powerful positions that we can allow ourselves to take. Yeah, I would join you and say that vulnerability is is the ultimate act of courage. You I know, agree. Yeah. We can we can yeah. we can clench our teeth and and go into battle, you know, knocking things down and whatever. But the, and that's a form of courage. And thank you mm-hmm. for the men and women who do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But this courage to be vulnerable and saying, I need on a physical and spiritual level a connection with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I encourage anybody listening to, 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 to take that chance <laughs> and, yeah, and, and maybe take it within Joel's class, because, you know, <laughs> you, you set up a whole structure for that, that I think, uh, does feed into, to regular everyday life. You were getting that into that, um, just a few minutes ago that, you know, we can come up with this vulnerability, like in a, in a class where we're, um, with another man and what you were talking about this, uh, I forget what to call it. I don't want to call it a circle jerk. Um, the but tantra that's just, edge. The tantra edge, tantra edge. Yeah. which is way different. Um, it's an, uh, it's an elevated circle jerk. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Cause you're, you're, yeah. you're asking yeah, the I guys mean. to be, uh, energetically, uh, spiritually connected with each other. Totally. Totally. And it's just, it's taking that, you know, that circle jerk growing up, we either participated in or always fantasized about participating in and taking it to the next level, you know, allowing it to evolve, you know, to basically what it, you know, when most people think of, you know, a circle jerk, you know, you, you, you elevate it and then it becomes something meaningful, you know, and really powerful and a form of spiritual practice. Yeah. And so you talk about the three C's of, of embodying sexual energy. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that? The, um, that like cultivate, cultivate, celebrate and celebrate conserve. And what, is, what does that mean? Yes. Um, I mean, cultivating is cultivating that energy, you know? So it's like normally, well, not normally, but you know, most guys, when you start to feel horny, you know, the, when you start to feel that energy, the first response is to get off. You know, the first response is to either get yourself off or to go on Grinder, find someone to get you off, you know, and the first response to that energy, you know, I mean, sexual energy is, is one of the most powerful healing energies that the body produces, you know, on a cosmic level, sexual energy manifests as creative energy, most powerful energy in the universe. You know, nothing would be here without creative energy. We wouldn't be here without creative energy. So why would you want your first response to that energy welling up in your body to be to get rid of it? And just to you be know, clear, I mean, the, 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 the street term for that might just be horny. Yeah, horny. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so instead of responding to that, you know, with, with basically just, just the way that we've all trained ourselves to respond to it, which is to get off and to release that energy. It's just a change of intention. You switch your intention to, instead of getting off, you change your intention to cultivating that energy. It's just like, oh, okay, it's, it's already getting started. So I'm just going to help it along and celebrating that energy, you know, starting to really understand the benefits of that energy 
and you know how it how it feeds the rest of your life you know i mean it's not just in the moment you know how it feels good when you're working with that energy it's okay well how is that energy now you know when i when i you know um you know put my cock back in my pants and walk out my front door how is that energy going to feed the rest of my life you know how is it going to feed whatever creative projects i'm you know working on how is it going to feed every interaction that i have how is it going to feed how other people perceive me you know because when you're filled with creative energy you're like a magnet people are drawn to you and not just sexually people are just drawn to you because you're vibrating at such a high frequency mm. and then to to conserve which is basically you know you you choose not to release that energy not all the time i don't i mean you, you know you've you've taken the workshop so i'm very clear in the workshop that there's no shame in ejaculating you know you just don't have that be the go to each time you experience that energy so you mm -hmm. consciously decide more often than not to conserve that energy as opposed to releasing that energy yeah so that's the the cultivate celebrate and conserve I love that. I played with that in a certain, uh, what I do now is, or well, when we're able to have hookup sex, I'll just start there because I just had a conversation last night with four of my friends who are all kind of still have a lot of shame about hooking up or not shame. They just think it's completely antithetical to, um, having a full sexual and connected life. And, yeah. and I believe we can have both, um, mm -hmm. or what everybody needs to do, what works for them. I'm talking about yeah. me. Um, but when you're talking about uh, feeling this, you know, cultivating that that energy and celebrating it, um, for me, if I am online, now I just are like a hookup app or something like that, and I feel that energy happening, I, instead of, like you said, it is this weird uh, feeling to this, I need to like release that instead of releasing it, let it go and just let it well up in me and I have all of that. Mm -hmm. And the way I celebrate it now too is be very, I'm very, very conscious of the time between we agree to hook up and when the act happens. And yeah. as I've just, just decided to just, instead of just focusing on what's going to happen when I get there or when he gets here, I've just felt that energy. And sometimes I, I've started to think this might be the best part of this whole three-step process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of getting horny and like having all this energy and then getting off is like getting off is kind of always just, you know, not as, as, as delightful as, as the other two steps. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I found that what it does is then it, you know, even random hookups become meaningful then because you're actually connecting with someone. You're not just using each other to get each other off, you know? So mm -hmm. You don't have to even use the word, you know, Tantra, you know, you can just say to someone, you know, hey, let's edge for a while, you know, because edging basically forces you to communicate, you know, you got to look each other in the eye periodically and say, I'm getting close. And, you know, once you kind of get into the groove of edging and cultivating and celebrating that energy together for a while, then you really start to feel its power. And then you start to think, well, do I want to release? Because I'm really digging the way I feel right now, you know? So yeah. it'll, it, it becomes the, the, the choice not to release doesn't become an act of denial, of self-denial, basically. It becomes a choice where you know, okay, I'm going to, I want to, I want to keep feeling this. I don't want to mm -hmm. release any of it so it's not such a it's not such a you know most guys are like well how do you do that how do you how do you you know you know choose not to come it's just like it once you've you've cultivated that energy for a while you know and usually it's not like a long period of time usually it's like 20 to 30 minutes of cultivating that energy either by yourself or with someone else you come into this state of i don't like this term but it's a term that most people are familiar with gooning i call it You've never heard that? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't like spread because okay. it's, this, it's this weird term that and I won't even say it again, but basically okay. it's, 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 it's how people describe that state of, you know, when you see guys being edged, like on Twitter or whatever, it's this kind of just this, this blankness in their, in their face. It's like they, they go into a trance basically, mm -hmm. 
And I call it cresting because it's a state of, it's a very internalized state. And that's why their face gets relaxed mm. and why, you know, from the outside, it looks like they're not really there, mm-hmm. but it's a very internalized, energetic, but at the same time, very, very calm place. It's a really nice place to be. And that's what that energy does for us when we cultivate it for an extended period of time and allow it to really spread throughout our body. And you get to that place, you get to that cresting zone, and then you really start to debate in your mind, well, do I want to come or do I just want to be here for a while? Yeah, I, I've seen that, especially um, in uh, BDSM scenes where some people stand in line for these guys who know how to connect with the guy on the table and yeah. and have a have a true um, that experience you're talking about. What you described, I'd never really I've seen the guys having that experience. But and what I've seen though is the other guy is just really in tune with the you know both guys are are, are really in tune with each other. And yeah. um, able to get, I do like that whole idea of cresting. It's just, you know, it's like a huge wave that uh, yeah, you're kind like of controlling, right? Yeah. Totally. How many orgasms is the right amount of orgasms for a guy to have? You know, there's like, there's some formula that, that like in Taoism, and I'm trying to remember what it is. It has to do with like your age and off the top of my head, I don't remember what it is. But what I tell guys is, it becomes, it becomes self-experimentation, okay? Like when I work with guys one-on-one, inevitably, almost I always ask them, how many times a week, just on average, do you ejaculate, you know? And for most guys, they should be ejaculating half as much as they do. And it doesn't mean that you, doesn't mean you stroke your cock any less. It doesn't mean that you hook up any less. You just choose not to ejaculate after every session, you know, at the end of every session. But what I tell guys is, you know, cut it in half and just start to notice how you feel on those days or those periods of days when you don't ejaculate. Notice how much more energy you have. Notice how much more, you know, clarity of thought you have. And notice how much more creative energy you have, you know, to focus on the things in your life that you're trying to make happen. And then it becomes, it's, it's really up to each individual, you know, how long they want to be in that period between ejaculations. You know, some guys, younger guys, the periods are definitely shorter, you know, but it, it's up to each guy, you know, I yeah. think, you know, some, some guys it's, you know, every couple of days, mm-hmm. some guys it's every couple of weeks, some guys it's yeah. every couple of months. Well, I, I love that. And I love that it's, you know, um, you're, you're taking our, our, our physiology into consideration, you know, yeah. my age and everything. I just find that super useful. And the older I get too, it's easier to come less and I'm enjoying it more. So, um, and I, and I understand that like things change, you know, as you get younger or older where, where, where that comes, but being able to find that as a, as a energy center, as a, as a fuel, as a retreat, or, you know, it's, I, I love it. I love it. And that's coming from a highly um, sexualized uh, gay upbringing, I will say, you know, because <laughs> it was all about getting off when I was first you oh, know, young, you know, completely. Um, completely. I thought I was going to die for, without it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of guys, you know, that's, that's, that's basically, you know, the pattern that they set up for themselves when they were young. And then they just continue that pattern throughout their life. And they don't even think about, you know, how they feel after they ejaculate and for the rest of the day and, you know, for, for, you know, the next several days. I, I don't remember where I, where I read this, but it, it takes our body a third of our energy basically to replenish our sperm supplies mm. after we ejaculate. So, you know, you think, you think in terms of just, you know, forget the energetic component, um, you know, forget the, the spiritual component, just from a physiological perspective, you know, that's a third of your energy that's not going yeah. to support your immune system. It's not going to support your digestion. It's not going to mm. support, you know, mental focus. It's just going to, you know, replenish your sperm supply that you probably, you know, shot down the shower drain, you yeah. know? So it makes you, it makes you think twice about ejaculating. Yeah. It's like, okay, do I have, you know, the next, the next, you know, 
couple of days, would it be okay to operate, you know, kind of just on, you know, not as many cylinders as I normally would have going? Yeah, I think that's great. I think it it, it really is easy to understand um, if, uh, let's just say hypothetically, um, I, somebody's at the gym and they're um, able, you know, able to like have the choice of getting off or not with another guy. My experience is that the workout is almost impossible <laughs> if, yeah. if I try yeah. to, if I, if I come right before I try to work out. Yeah. Yep. Same I mean, thing that's just a very too. base level example. That's not all the spiritual stuff and it's just an everyday no, but, thing. But that's, but that's, that's most people's, you know, reality is, you know, a lot of guys will wake up in the morning and before they even get out of bed, you know, they'll masturbate. And, you know, then you just want to roll over and go back to sleep, you know, because you're starting off depleting yourself. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, I think people don't understand that they're cutting themselves off from creative energy, from all that stuff that you mentioned earlier, that, you know, instead of pumping yourself up, you know, all that. So, you know, this can be a touchy subject, but what kind of guys end up in your, in your classes? I'm pretty specific as far as, you know, how I, how I put my, um, myself and my group out there, you know, so I think that draws a certain kind of guy toward my, my classes and my workshops, meaning you're talking about like your Instagram account and your, um, those things, Uh lots of pictures of sexy guys, but at the same time, you know, you read the, you know, the captions and it's all being supported from a, spiritual perspective. And that's really important. It's really important that guys understand that, yeah, there's going to be sexy, naked dudes in the room with you, but we're all here to learn something together. We're all here to become better human beings together. So, you know, what's important, I think what's important to just to the circle of men who participate in each workshop is that all the other men who participate are able to meet the group, the circle where it's starting from. So it's really important to me that guys who participate in the workshops have already been working on themselves, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. It's important to, to have some sort of a practice, to have had the curiosity beforehand that you started to delve into it on your own. Because it's going to make the experience of, you know, the whole group a lot better if everybody is starting from similar places. And, you know, that's... Well, let me just ask a question for my boyfriend. Are the guys hot? The guys... <laughs> I, I mean... I, mean, I, I, I know I, what you're saying. I just... Um, I, I'm just going to get it at home if I don't ask that question. No, no, that's, that's, that's cool. I think, I, think the guys are, I think the guys are hot. I think anybody who is grounded and lives in their physical body and is comfortable in their own skin, there's a sexiness to that for sure, you know, but guys take care of themselves. You know, the guys who participate in the workshops take care of themselves. You know, they go to the gym. You don't have to have a perfect, you know, West Hollywood body to come to the workshops, but you have to have enough self-love just inherently you have to have enough self-love to take care of this you know Mm -hmm. on some Mm -hmm. level whether that means doing yoga whether that means you know swimming whether that means hiking you have to have some sort of a physical practice that supports your physical body and i think that's sexy you know i agree body types are sexy you know but someone who takes care of themselves spiritually mentally and physically uh, i think is just inherently sexy yeah, from visiting you a couple times, um, I would be there all the freaking time if if we were closer. <laughs> I, I would say that you're, you know, the pictures are accurate and the men are all interesting. They're all different ages, uh, yeah, but they yeah. they they all do have those three things in common that you're talking about: yeah. physically, mentally, yeah. spiritually. They're they're all. Yeah, going. I mean, I think like probably one of the you know like the top end. I mean, there's you know there's a couple of guys who are in their late sixties, seventies in our group. We're gonna all be there someday, you know, and I think that, that, you know, it's really important as, you know, I mean, I like to think that, that the gay community is starting to move beyond just kind of the, 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 the focus on youth and beauty and having that be 
basically, you know, the, mm-hmm. the way you get in the door to everything. And I think it's important as teachers that we lead the way on that, that we show yeah. that, you know what, you know, when you're in your 60s and 70s and 80s, you're still, you're still sexy and you still want that connection with other people. Yeah. And you've got a lot to offer younger guys that, yeah. you know, you could save them a lot of heartache by, you know, being there and connecting with them. And then they won't make the same mistakes that you made along the way. You know? Well, and I'm finding getting older, um, the guys who are, uh, have invested in themselves on, on mentally, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. those are the ones that are still, you know, lots of men are attracted to them uh, yes. for, on all three of those levels, mentally, yes. physically, and spiritually. But if we don't invest in ourselves, then we just went from being young to being old. And so we had youth to offer and now we're old. And that's the reason we become isolated. Um, right. So... With that in mind, I, I like to ask everybody these same questions on the on the podcast, especially people who are who are modeling these things. So, how do you invest in yourself, in your own dignity? I would say, or, you know, starting with your practices, or what do you do to 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 feed uh, Joel Benjamin's energy? Hmm. Um, I practice. I mean, I think that that's really important. I think some form of practice every day is really important, and it doesn't have to be a whole elaborate full practice every day. But what I tell the people who, you know, who practice with me is the same thing that, you know, that I do myself is that, you know, on those days when you've got 10 minutes, sit down and hum for 10 minutes, then that's your practice. Mm -hmm. Um, But something every day, you know, roll out your mat. And whether you actually do, you know, a full, you know, asana practice, or whether you just hum for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. something every day. That's one of the things that I've found helps me sleep at night Hmm. and just helps me feel like I'm practicing what I preach. You know, I think that that's really important. There's this saying that you practice for your students and you teach for yourself. So basically, you know, what you learn in your own practice is what then you have to offer yeah. And inevitably, while you're teaching, and I mean, you know, this as a teacher, while you're teaching, when you're giving, you know, you start to make all of these other kinds of connections and you start to really understand those concepts that kind of came to you during your practice. You start to understand them at a much deeper level by sharing them with other people. Um, the, so, I never made that connection before. I kind of got it. I'd heard you say that before, but mm-hmm. yeah, that all that practice, whether it's meditation or, or, or reading or studying or being open is it's for the other people in my life who are going to interact mm-hmm. with me. That's, and by that, giving it to them, that's how you're growing as an individual. Yeah, that's fantastic. What are your special gifts? What are your greatness? You know, what makes you special? And do you think that has anything to do with you being a gay man? I think most of what I do and how I kind of move through the world has to do with, you know, me being a gay man. I think that gay men are are given a very special gift. Um, you look back through history and, you know, it was always, you know, the gay people of the tribe who were, you know, the shaman and the medicine people and you know the peacemakers of the tribe and it's because of the qualities that just are inherent to being gay you know just the fact that you know from a very early age you realize that you're different than other kids forces a or not forces but it kind of opens you up to going inside you know to internalizing and to being much more introspective, I think, than other little kids are. So from a very early age, you start to become, I think, much more self-aware than other people who are you know, represented by society as a whole. Just it's always out there for them to see. They see themselves represented in society all over the place. And for gay people, it's becoming more and more now. But, you know, still... We're not the majority of the population, so I'm hoping that that introspection from an early age continues because I think you grow up to be a much more centered, much more um, compassionate, much kinder, hopefully much wiser 
individual than you would be at a younger age. Basically, mm-hmm. I think anybody who's paying attention during their life acquires wisdom as they get older. But I think that because as gay people, our introspection usually starts at a much younger age, we acquire that wisdom. We start a lot earlier, so we get more and more of it as we go because we got a head start, basically. And I think that those are the things that motivate me to want to share those things. And I don't have it all figured out, but I'm pretty confident in certain things and in the ways that I know that, you know, that have worked for me. And those are the things that I share. The things that I know are the things that, that I share. And what I think we all find is that we know a lot more than we think we know. Yep. And that when we actually share those things, that we have the courage to, you know, to open our mouths and our hearts, be vulnerable and put it out there, what we find is that everyone else is thinking and feeling the same thing. Everyone has the same insecurities. Everyone has the same, you know, wants and needs and desires. And it just takes someone to kind of get the ball rolling and it just helps open people up. Well, and thank you for doing that for, um, uh, getting the ball rolling, so to speak, with uh, men, you know, connecting, moving from, you know, connecting their hearts and their crotches and and their spirituality. Thank you for that. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation and every conversation we've ever had. So thanks for um, doing this and thanks for um, (laughs) rewiring your whole studio just for this interview. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you needed to redo a lot of stuff for your online things. And I do want to mention that now too, that you've gone online. So um, these classes are um, offered now, if you're anywhere on the planet listening to this, uh, you can join Joel in Seattle and see this beautiful space and then maybe actually go there sometime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joel, thank you for being here and thank you for the work that you do. Absolutely. Thank you for the work that you do, Michael. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Now stay connected by subscribing to Girly Men Podcast and sharing with your friends on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts can be found. Visit the webpage at girlymen.com, sign up for the newsletter, and find more details about each episode. Let's make this a conversation, because I'd really like to hear from you. Join us on Facebook, at girlymen. Submit your questions, suggest topics, or just chat with your brothers. Want to add your own two cents? Use the voice memo feature on your smartphone. Ask a question, or say anything. We just might play it on the podcast. Email the file to mike at girlymen.com. Until next time.